You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode nine of the Handmade CEO. I'm not sure if this has ever happened to you, but I just fell head over heels for an illustrated calendar featuring breakfast foods. As I dug deep into the beautiful paintings of today's guest, I realized that it's her style that I adore. I love the nostalgic feel and look of her artwork. Hi, Isa, and welcome to the show. Hi, Maria. How are you? Good. Thank you. Would you walk us through a little bit of your background as an artist? My background as an artist is self-taught. I went to design school, but I didn't go for painting or even graphic design. I went for interior design, actually. But I've just always painted all my life. And I think it's got to do with the fact that my parents made those things available to us. Um, so we were just always su- well supplied with art supplies. We had access to piano classes. So they were those kind of parents that just sort of fortunately were a- were able to give us those opportunities. And it's more like, oh, let's just put these kids into all these things and see what sticks or if nothing sticks, they're just nice hobbies. Both my sisters, I have two sisters. I'm the dread, the dreadful middle child. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so they're both artistic. For instance, my younger sister is actually a, a really good painter. She does graphic design now. She's really good at sewing. And currently she is designing her own game. Mm-hmm. My older sister was also a really good painter, but she sort of stopped doing it for a little bit and then she came back and she was doing Chinese watercolor painting classes for a while. But she's kind of, you know, translated her her creativity into baking. She's a really good baker. So I think creativity is just um, highly transferable. It's funny how little bits and pieces of life kind of make up a great talent. Were your parents illustrators? No, actually my dad was a general contractor so he dealt more with buildings and architecture um you know and some level of interior design and my mother well this you you are gonna laugh because she was actually a physics and math teacher but she's always painted she had at some point had a chance to learn to play the piano and even till today she's still painting um she's retired now but she does um very beautiful chinese watercolor paintings oh that is so interesting i love that it's such a hot debate whether one person can be both left and right brained and i think it's absolutely possible to be both it is a bummer that a lot of times we grow up thinking that you're either one or the other. I know I always wanted to be left-handed because I thought that meant you were super creative. And I do notice there are a lot of left-handed artists, but it makes me so happy when I see that there are also a lot of right-handed creative people. So originally I saw your artwork on Etsy and I fell in love with the 2020 breakfast calendar. It was just the cutest calendar ever. The illustrations were just beautiful. And I just had to say, that's the one thing that grabbed my eye. But I've since then discovered that you do quite a bit more than just breakfast items. Could you tell us a little bit more about your art? Uh, These days, the biggest part of my work day consists of um, painting, actually. My work predominantly starts with artwork 
and then they get translated into different things. I also tend to paint what I call isolated images. That means they're not scenic. They're usually one thing, right? So in doing that, it actually translates itself into different uh, types of applications. For instance, I'm in the process of actually translating a lot of this stuff into pattern and printmaking. So I've started making gift wraps, right? Um, and then gift wraps will translate into textiles and possibly wallpaper. So mm. that's kind of how I predominantly work. As far as all the other types of artwork that I do, as in my oil painting and photography, um, I do that sort of, I feel bad because they're all like my children. I guess <laughs> to say that like I, I favor them less now feels terrible, but it's kind of true. I have to admit it. Um, I just have less time for, for, for that because I'm building this business so between the newsletters and the marketing and making the products and managing different sites you know what I mean right I completely know what you mean there's always a little bit of guilt when it comes to the projects left behind on the topic of your prints can those be ordered onto fabric they could uh I'm still working on that that is work in progress so I'm still researching what's the best way to go about it so there is Spoonflower that a lot of people know. I can load things on there. So that's one option, which I haven't made a, a firm decision on whether I'm going to put my work up there. My background is also interior design. So I have a lot of sources. For instance, mm-hmm. reaching out to people that I've worked with in the industry who actually print custom wallpaper, right? So do I partner with them? Right. Because I don't particularly, to be honest, I don't particularly want to sell wallpaper, for instance. I think fabric is much more manageable. But wallpaper goes on people's walls and they live in someone's home and it has to perform, right? As an interior designer, you don't want to run into issues where uh, Yisan Lo is suddenly offering wallpaper because there's a lot of um, legal things you got to work out in terms of, right? Whether you right. can stand behind your products, uh, performance issues and things like that. So I actually would rather partner with someone like by providing the artwork and if they're interested in making a collection then they can back up the product side of it yes that's a great idea that's probably the best way to increase exposure and avoid all the technical stuff right how did you decide to use your name versus like a random business name yeah i it crossed my mind i sort of like played with the idea because naming can be quite fun yet so weird and scary because you have to own it, live with it, make sure it works, mm-hmm. um, whether it implies something else other than what you want your audience to, to read it as is also difficult. I decided to use my name because I thought about it as like, at the end of the day, your business is really about art. It's, it's not really a product brand. Products are just almost not, I don't want to say side effects, but it's just like a natural transition to be able to offer a prints on paper whether it's cards or whatever and Mm -hmm. besides I've painted for so long and it's always been my name so I didn't really feel like I want to choose another name Mm -hmm. and and copyright and 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 you know all these other more businessy things is also easy because it's my name so I don't have to try and search and see if someone else owns that already you know what I mean because you always own your name exactly yeah, so to me, between like my oil paintings and um, my whether it's my photography, I've done this for so long, and people know my work under my name. So the other thing that also helped me in my decision is if I chose another name, then 
I need to market that new name in order for it to be recognizable to my existing network. Does that make sense? It's a lot of sense. You know, the other thing I think is frustrating is when you pick a name and you love it, and then all of a sudden people also like it and they start using it. Because <laughs> I've had that happen with my jewelry business. I thought, well, to me, it felt like a very creative name. And I don't know how somebody else would have come up with the same name, but it's frustrating when you see other people using your name. I think you picked the right name. <laughs> It is difficult. I mean, naming itself is not an easy exercise because I've done creative direction and I know these things in some ways. And on top of that, to support what you're saying is, you know, you have people who just sit around all day and just buy website names for just mm -hmm. in order to be able to own it or then sell it later. So it's, it's really tricky. Exactly. Well, can you walk us through what motivated you to start a business? Because you said your background was in interior design. Mm -hmm. Painting and stationery has sort of been a bit of a lifelong love. I remember when we were kids, my sister and I would just, you know, every bit of money that we had, we were buying letter sets, you know, back then when people were still writing letters, you know, letter paper with the pretty envelopes and, and buying erasers, like cute little Japanese, like, cartoon erasers and, and stickers and all that sort of stuff. So it's oh, yeah. I never seemed to have lost like the love for that sort of stuff. And the truth is I've always just had my own business in a way because I'm one of those people even through all the times when and when I had full time employment, I always just took freelance jobs on the side. When you take freelance jobs, you're kind of your own business, right? Right. And it's a nice way to ease into a more official business, too. It just kind of feels like it's always been like this. Right. Well, it sounds to me like you, you know, like you said, you were doing some of the work on the side already as a freelancer. So it probably was a very natural thing for you. I think sometimes you do find yourself in business that way. And then you realize, well, geez, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> so kind of. <laughs> yeah. I love that it was a natural transition. That's great. I also noticed that you offer some classes, and I was just curious, what inspired you to start teaching? Well, I actually have always in my life on and off taught in some capacity. When I was much, much younger, I graduated from my design school, and about a year later, they actually invited me back as adjunct faculty. So I mm. taught there for a year. Years later, I ended up teaching for an online design school for about five years, and I taught color theory and design critique. So it's been on and off, and I quite enjoy teaching. Before I left my last employment, I didn't really do much of it because I was a design director at a big design firm, and it was just a lot and doesn't really leave you a whole lot of time or energy to really take on something else. So when I left that job and decided to start my own studio, you know, my schedule is a little bit more manageable. So then the whole teaching thing kind of came back again. And it was also mainly inspired by uh, having done the holiday markets at Industry City. They carry my items in their design store. So they invited me to do the holiday market. And when I was doing the holiday market, I had a handful of people who asked, do you teach classes? So I told them, I said, I don't now, but I can. So. <laughs> <laughs> so then this year I said, why not? Let's just push it out there and, and, and see, you know, how it works um, and if there's any interest. So it's still very early in, in the stage of 
establishing these watercolor classes. I just started in January. I think it's always fun to teach. And I also really support people doing art. You know, doing art is just doing art. It's not about whether you're going to be a painter or you're going to do spectacular art. And it's all subjective. I just think painting is such a good thing for your soul. Exactly. And would you say these classes are geared more towards beginners or do you have like more intermediate classes? So far, the students that I have had and one ongoing student who's actually decided to to block out uh, classes uh, twice a week till May, they are beginners. There are two ways I go about my classes as well. One is you can take what I call art classes. That means I will teach you how to paint. And then I have another type of class I call watercolor coloring class. So this is more like a coloring book. That means it's maybe a little bit more for fun or you want to get a group of friends together and do this coloring class. I provide drawings that I draw and then you just play with paint and you just paint it. So that sort of takes the pressure of um, drawing because I think sometimes people get scared about drawing. Yeah, it can feel intimidating for sure. Yeah, so it's two types. So one is like you 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 do a, a traditional, quote unquote, traditional painting class. And the other one is maybe it's just a fun thing to do or you want to try because the water coloring class is also a good intro, right? With very little pressure to, to at least get a feel for the medium. And would you ever consider doing something like a coloring book since you kind of are already doing classes like that? It has crossed my mind. I just need to do the research for that. Printing on watercolor paper is something that requires some research. I suppose if I get it professionally printed by a company, we can just work all that out. You know, if I'm just going to do it a little bit more grassroots by testing it and printing it myself and making a book myself, that that requires some research because a lot of um, printer, like art printers, it needs to be specific type of waterproof ink. And then it has to be printed on watercolor paper. So it, it's, it's all very doable. It just requires mm-hmm. some research. So, Well, I'm going to sign up when you finally print one because I think that would be so fun. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Um, so that's one thing actually on my list of, of you know, I have project lists because there are all these things I want to do. So it's definitely on my list. It's, um, it's a matter of, again, like working it out and doing the research and figuring out what's the best way to go about it. Um, I, I usually prefer to not dive into, oh, I'll order a thousand copies from a professional printer. You know, I think it's better to to test test the market. Yes, that's great advice, especially because a project like that can be really costly. Right? I would like to invite you to join me and the millions of people already learning a new skill on Skillshare. If you want to learn more about SEO for your small business or maybe take a class on iPhone photography, Skillshare has a class for you with thousands of classes ranging from art to business. I'm certain you'll find something that will take your skill set to a whole new level. Get two months of premium free when you try it out with the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. If you have a beautiful drawing to start with and you're showing people how to fill it in, I feel like it's less intimidating and it's such a a great way to get an introduction into art without feeling like you're not going to be good at it. Because I think that's the fear is that people would think, oh, I'm not going to be good at it. I don't want to take it. So I think the illustration part of it, if it's taken care of, probably makes it easier for a lot of people. 
it's interesting because I agree with you. A lot of people just, you know, it's it's sort of like a bit of a hang up, right? Like it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. That's mm-hmm. why I, I, in some ways, I, I I like teaching kids because they don't care. That's true. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. They jump in. <laughs> they don't have the same measurements that we have, so, like you know, in our adult heads on on what is good or not good. They just really don't care. They just jump right in. I wish you could be a little bit less intimidated by maybe opinions and just, you know, dive headfirst into it. And what do you, what would you say would be the secret to staying motivated as a small business owner? I know sometimes, you know, the, either the tasks seem repetitive or maybe the, when you're not getting the orders that you want, it it might feel like, you know, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. So what would you say would be the secret to staying motivated? The secret to staying motivated, I think think for me anyway is just to keep doing you know if you believe in your work just keep doing it I've gone through the same thing exactly what you described where oh no orders you know nothing is happening blah 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 should I even be doing this is it worth my time right all those kinds of doubts that we have but I don't know I just just usually try to shut that down a little bit and just say you don't always have to do at least for painting like I feel like I don't always have to paint or create anything for a purpose if you feel like doing painting a pair of sneakers whatever you choose to paint I don't think it's healthy to ask the questions why are you painting a pair of sneakers and what is it for you know if you always have an agenda it probably takes a little bit of the fun out of it I think so. And also, you might be overthinking it, right? I mean, when I put my things on my collection on Etsy, I even was chuckling to myself. I was kind of like, huh, I wonder who's going to buy a print of a bowl of granola. People do. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly fell in love with all of your um, your breakfast foods. <laughs> I thought they were beautiful prints. So I can imagine that, I mean, it would make great art in the kitchen so if you think something is cool or amazing yourself trust me there are there's enough people in this world who will think so too it might feel really niche or quirky or even a little bit nuts but if you put yourself out there we will all find our own people right right yeah like i my show next thursday is opening and it's actually going to be in a craft beer bar in greenpoint oh that sounds fun so so sometimes I like to do work that's just sort of, you know, kind of why not, right? Half the time, that's a bit of my attitude. So when I started talking to the owner about, he asked me to show that and I say, yeah, cool. And he was just saying, I love your stuff. I show your breakfast, show your desserts, whatever you want to show. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, we have time. So I like to create something in context, right? So it's it's relevant to where I'm showing it. So I told him I'm just going to paint beer. <laughs> it's, it's a bit <laughs> and and will you take those prints then and make them available like if somebody wants to buy the prints that you're creating or do you have a process for making those um like on a large scale if somebody wants to order some of those that's my basic process is everything that i paint in watercolor i usually scan them and digitize them so i always have a digital file for the show next week i'm selling what's going to be up other originals and I'm selling those. But yes, prints will be available. I will have digital files so I can reproduce them. Okay. And where do you normally, um, you know, put all your digital art then? Is that through Etsy or do you sell mostly through your own site? For the prints, I sell them through Etsy and my site. 
And what's your opinion on selling on a big platform versus your own site? I feel that's actually has been an interesting journey because when I decide to to start doing this first thing was make a website right because you know how with this these days like nothing is real unless it has a website exactly <laughs> so that went first and then but I knew by doing that I was kind of like okay your website is gonna take some level of of marketing for people to even find it you know what I mean so then I was right. like okay secondary platform not secondary as in lesser but just the second one is Etsy obvious? Let's do it, and Etsy makes it very easy because it's quite low impact to list things, and the the whole platform is run quite well. So I put on Etsy, but to be honest, when I put on Etsy at the back of my mind, I was like, let's just do this for some level of brand presence and getting your work out there. But that's something like twelve thousand sellers on Etsy. I'm thinking, who's going to find your stuff? And somehow people do. I agree with you. It is a really big platform and it does feel like you're going to just get lost in the crowd. But I really feel like those um, tags that you get to put on each listing uh, really does speak to the person that's searching. So I was able to find your pieces. And then, of course, that led me to going to your regular website. But somehow it all kind of works together. I, I love Etsy for the ability to just put you out in front of a lot of people. And like you said, if you you know have a secondary website or another website, it's eventually people will find their way there. I agree. Etsy, in many ways, is my main website now because I get sales through the way more than I do on my on my own website. So it's almost like as a sales channel, um, Etsy is kind kind of the main sales channel now for so called retail. And then I just recently joined another platform, a wholesale platform called Fair. So, I just heard about that. Yes. Yeah, that I think it's a it's very similar to Etsy, just set up a little bit differently, and it's wholesale, and that's a worthwhile platform. So then, my website now, to be honest, like I'm kind of considering maybe just using Etsy solely for sales, and then strategize on evolving my website to another function. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Well, from what I you know, can tell it looks to me more like um like at your gallery. Like this is the work that I've done. Because not I know sometimes people don't put everything on Etsy, you know, that they have in their gallery. So um just having a collection of your work I think makes it really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And as far as my website goes, I agree with you because it started out as a gallery kind of website just carrying showing carrying all my work that I've done, not all but curated. And then when I decided to start this, you know, stationary business, I said, oh, you should make your website have more to do than just showing work. So I made a shop in there. And then now that I've tested and see how things have been going, it's been, what, now like two and a half, almost three years now. So I'm starting to see, I'm starting to get data back, you know what I mean, on how these things perform. So Etsy's doing fine on sales and then now that i am introducing watercolor classes my thinking is well maybe i should take the shop off my website completely and just you know you can book classes through my website and then just turn it back into a gallery because um there are a few talks as well i'm talking to this other um person in tribeca who runs a, a sewing school and so she's thinking oh it'd be interesting for you to to give a workshop on pattern and printmaking 
right? Like how I do my gift wrap and wallpaper yes, textile. Yeah. So to me, if I'm starting to go into things like that, then maybe Etsy should just do the sales. And then my website is more for that kind of function where I can say, well, great, just go on my website. You can see all these things, right, that are relevant. Right. Yeah, that would be great. And what do you think out of like the social media platforms, which ones do you feel really moves the needle for you? Probably Instagram, because yeah. I think Instagram is a bit of like the the fave right now, isn't it? Like everybody just usually are into Instagram. Um, it's just easy. It's about images and the outreach is really wide. Again, with all your hashtags and things, um, I know we're at this point now, everybody's hashtag everything to death, but it actually works. <laughs> and so I, say, I say Instagram, uh, Facebook, I don't really, I'm on Facebook and I just, um, I don't know, it's just not, I don't, I still do the work and I post stuff on Facebook, but I feel like the Facebook outreach has kind of maybe is not performing quite as well as it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. I'm not on Twitter or, or any of the other ones. Yeah, I feel like Instagram is really big, especially because it's such a visual platform. I feel like artists do really well on that one. True, because it's just an image, right? Meaning even if you don't say anything, it's still yeah. seen. Yeah. Right. What do you feel has been the best part of running your own business? I think I probably have a bit of a stock answer, I feel, but I'll, I'll clarify what my version is. I think the stock answer, if you ask anybody who runs their own business, they will probably say freedom and flexibility. Yes. Um, and it's true. But for me, I think the freedom is a flex and flexibility, aside from the, the fact that you get to manage your own time, um, the freedom part is not to be confused with having more free time, though, because you actually work more. Yeah, you're right about that. People do confuse that a lot. They think you just have a lot of, you know, time to sit around and just do nothing. But I think the, the freedom for me always feels like it's I'm doing what I want to be doing as opposed to something I have to be doing. So to me, that feels like freedom. Correct. For me, it's also, yeah, it's the freedom to create, you know, call my own shots and have some level of agility. And maybe I'm saying this in reaction to the fact that I my last job was a corporate interior job, and I know we're dealing with bigger things and buildings and interiors, so things move a little bit slower, but it's always very team-based because you know there are large projects and you can't do it on your own. So maybe that's why I, I say agility. But in my case, because I'm also just dealing with paper and artwork, um, mm. I can come up with an idea and produce it and push it out into the market very quickly, even just to test, right? Because nothing can really, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like paper cut. (laughs) True. So I'm saying that because I do art and it deals with art and paper. So I I feel like it can be very agile because I'm not creating a skincare product. You know what I mean? And, And I understand those things takes a lot of testing, a lot of testing and all that sort of stuff. So I also like freedom that way, right? Let's just let's just give it a go. You know, at least that idea has an opportunity to see the light of day. Um, mm-hmm. And I've also found that sometimes, you know, maybe your idea is a little bit too early in the market. Then if it's not performing well, take it off and then try and and track when might be a right time to reintroduce it. You know what I mean? Right. So it doesn't feel like much is lost. Correct. 
say someone is trying to create a similar career in terms of illustration, what advice would you have for them? Don't quit your day job yet. It's not, yeah, it's, I'm half joking, but I'm not because it, it's really not um, easy if you to start a business and say, you know, I'm just going to go full on. I already can draw and, and create artwork. I'm just going to go full on into like a, a business selling products. Of course you can do that, but you know, you do your whole business plan and then you figure it out. Are you going to have brick and mortar? Are you just online? But as far as if you just want to ease into it as like an illustrator who gets hired to illustrate books and, and magazine covers and things, it's not an easy market to, not an easy industry to break into. Yeah, that's great advice, especially because it sounds like your journey was working, but doing freelance work. So it sounds to me like you had the security still of having a job, but um, maybe once you, your freelancing can grow or starts to grow, maybe that would be a good time to concentrate on it more on a full-time basis so i think that's really good advice yeah and also there is i think it's always good to transition organically i, I think if it's not for anything else it's just you know sort of create creating not creating so much stress in your life i just say okay i'm gonna ditch a paying job altogether and just go do this thing that i don't know whether it's going to work or not um it's fine i call that brave if you choose to do it but it, it does create a lot of stress and i also don't want people to think like wow, you know, look at her. She's just doing it now, purely on illustration. No, girl, I still have to take other design jobs. You know what I mean? Whenever it comes, right. I take it. Yeah. Right. And plus, you've had, how many years would you say you have in this industry already? I suppose to say shifting the focus to commit to doing it like more seriously um, as a business, about three, I think. Yeah. Two and a half. So that's... That's kind of the, for me, it always feels like, you know, between three and five years is that um, window of when you start to see things really pick up. So I feel like a lot of times if you're going to say, I'm leaving my job, you're really going to be pressuring yourself to create an income when it, it really takes a little bit of traction before, you know, it starts to feel like, okay, this is a real thing. I agree. Because for the first couple of years I did it, like even on Etsy, it was like, you know, a couple of sales a month, right? And But I didn't really care because, like I told you earlier, I didn't really take, sounds bad, sorry, Etsy. I just didn't take it that seriously because I didn't think people would find me, right? Right. And and I'm still amazed every time I get an order. I was like, how did you find me? <laughs> well, I do think you have very charming work, so that has a lot to do with it. But, um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting that, that you can be found in a sea of so many people. <laughs> Yeah. So what's coming up for you in the near future? I know you have your um the the craft beer show. Is there anything else that you're working on? I will always have things to work on. I even have ongoing projects right now, especially my books that I've not really had much time to work on because I have to finish painting for the show next week. Um but yeah, I will probably continue to paint, possibly start a new collection that can get translated to prints and cards. I don't know what is it yet, but I know something will spark. And then my, my illustrated books, I've got a few book projects on the burner and um, my agent is waiting for me to do the book proposals and book proposals to me are kind of really hard to do. So oh, I've just been putting it off a little bit, but I have to get back to that. So before we go, um, I would love to know where we can find your work. On my website, which is yeesan.com, Y-E-E-S-A-N.com, 
I'm on Etsy, and for any Etsy users who's familiar with that, it's just the Etsy homepage website slash Yisan Lo. Uh, I think those are two easiest way to find me. There you have it, my friend. Another talented handmade CEO creating joy and showing others how to do the same through her artwork and classes. If you're looking to start your creative business, I would take into account what Yisan said about keeping your job until you've established yourself at least for a few years. I know it can be exciting to get started on a new project, but being creative under pressure to perform is both challenging and uninspiring. Do you have a handmade business? I would love to feature you on the show. Visit me at marialauren.com and click on the podcast link. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job 